Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, the Spiritual Homegirl, and this is another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Um, you know, I can't do any episode without thanking you all for your support. Out of the tens of thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land, you choose to leave me your ears for about an hour once a week or so, and I really appreciate that. So there's a lot of things I want to talk about. I was going to not do an episode because I did one episode on Sunday, but I'm like, you know what? It is Homegirl Thursday. It is Thursday. Let me go ahead and kind of speak my mind on a couple of things. And plus, there's been a few things that I have been taking note of in current events and I've been processing and I said that when I got the words I would speak so here we are first things first if you have not signed up for the mailing list um, for spiritual homegirl please do so I'm gonna leave the link in the show notes I do not know how much longer I would like to be on social media on a regular basis also not to mention I like doing my tribe letters um, and I like I want to go back to doing them a little more frequently but um, I want to make sure that people know where to find me in case I just kind of disappear off of Instagram or off of Twitter or off of Facebook, whatever. So I just want to make sure people know how to find me. So I'm going to leave a note in the show notes so that you can go ahead and sign up and um, you can get all curated information from me. Meaning there's no algorithms to play with. There's no ads I need to run. There's no caption limit. I can just kind of talk my shit and give people what um, what I like and design things the way I want and be done with it. So that's one thing. Second thing, the store I can talk about, this online pop-up shop, it is going up on Black Friday. However, if you're a tribe member subscriber, it will be live in two weeks. It will be live on Thanksgiving. So um, it's only for tribe members only on that one day early. Only Only the tribe member tribe tech subscribers will get access to that the day before everybody else will get access to it on friday black friday and after that once it's done it's done the pop-up shop's gonna pop up and it's gonna disappear it's gonna be limited items and um not limited items excuse me limited quantities of certain items once we sell out that's it so i'm really excited to be back and i'm even more excited to um do it a different way this time so i'm excited about that um what else has been going on I would like to do an episode about ownership, business, and lessons that I've learned being a hybrid, quote-unquote, spiritual entrepreneur. And I say that in quotes because I think that people forget. I want to make sure I choose my words correctly. Let me not even, let me rephrase my, my sentence here. People think that abundance for certain things means that they could use your spirituality as you being passive or interpret that as you being a doormat. And that since you're spiritual, you're not supposed to just do certain things or stand up for yourself or advocate for yourself or protect yourself. So I want to talk about that as well. Um, that might be the next episode, but bear with me. I'm over here laying down all comfortable. But um. Yeah, I wanted to actually do this episode another time, but I wanted to speak on this because I couldn't sit on it any longer. Um, Lately, it seems like I'm being guided to talk when I don't have access to my production team in time. And I'm wondering, I know there's a there's a reason for that, but I'm coming with ideas or being urged to speak on launch days where I had no intention on putting out an episode. I was going to plan it out. 
it's the whole when you make plans, God laughs kind of thing. That's kind of what's going on with this podcast as of late. The past three, four or five episodes have been unplanned episodes. They've been things where I had no choice but to say what I need to say. And um, they're not produced at all. And as much as I love my polish on my podcast, I'm not having a producer for the first year and a half <laughs> of my actual show. Um, it's it's interesting to see how I'm going back to my roots for this particular stage of the podcast. That's the cool thing about being a creator is that you go through these different periods of your output and um and and your audience that's intended to to fuck with it they get to see whatever it is that you're going through and hopefully um experience it in their own way but but find a way to kind of feel what you're feeling in the moment um so with that being said i want to talk about a few topics uh hopefully I can keep my thoughts organized because I have about maybe five, five things going through my head. And I can I just hope that I can remember them. I want to write them down, but I didn't want to lose the feeling that I had um, that urged me to talk about it. So the first thing is um, I want to talk about surrounding like awareness of our surroundings. Right. I am from Stone Mountain. For those that don't know, that's in the Atlanta area. And um Atlanta, unfortunately, is as awesome as the city is, it is, and as, uh, as much as I rep it very hard, it is a city that is unfortunately known for being one of the worst in the world for sex trafficking. And it's been like that even before I moved to Atlanta in junior high. If you listen to the very first episode of the Spiritual Hunger Podcast, I told you I was a military brat, so I was about 13. I moved to Atlanta, and it was all from there. So it always had that reputation. I remember there being like a a big child trafficking case that had that had just like cracked like they had caught the guy and then he was being sentenced the whole thing um ironically we ended up meeting that guy uh, about about seven years later my sister and I he was writing a book um about about his trial and his ordeal interesting now that I think about it anyway but um yeah it was really interesting because we was all broke as hell delivering phone books during the cold ass weather, shout out to my uh to my sister. She know it was cold as hell. It was delivering phone books. I remember we used to get up in Lathonia at four o'clock, go off where we stayed off Panola Road. Used to get off, uh, get up in my granny's nineteen ninety four Buick Lesabre. And the fuck the thing about Granny Lesabre is that my granny kept the car in good condition, but by this point, you know what I'm saying, like the car had a screwed up sensor. For the gas tank. So you never knew when your car was on E. Once that bit hit a quarter tank, your ass was likely to stop in the middle of the road. So we always had to keep our car like <laughs> above half a tank. Anyway, but I remember um, us kind of like just talking, you know, waiting for our phone books to be uh, handed to us. And I remember that's when we met that particular person. But um, and that's how we knew. So I just wanted to give further context. Just, you know, just so you know, being out here, goddamn, just conversing with pimps and shit. It's just that we was waiting for phone books. We realized who he was. And we never talked to him again. So, um, yeah, but going back to the, the trafficking case, uh, trafficking piece, I should say. There's a lot of women that are in, that are missing right now in Atlanta. There's a lot of stories I'm seeing now of women that are almost abducted. And it is very concerning to me. And I am not in the business of victim shaming. I'm seeing a lot of that shit online. I'm not here for it at all. We never know what we will do. 
unless we're in these situations that these women are in. And even if some of us have been in those situations where they were almost abducted, like I have been, or a situation where a Lyft driver may have tried to, you know, play you to the left or Uber driver, which I have been, or a situation where a man offers you something thinking that he can somewhat groom you for uh, sex work or, or, or involuntary sex work or whatever, or lure you into the adult entertainment industry um, like someone tried to do to me. Even with my experiences, none of us can say what we would do as that person because that person has a completely different lens of experience, completely different circumstantial factors, um, and, and, and even maybe growing up that may shape their view of things much different than us. So I just want to make sure that as we see these things happen, we stray from the, oh, I would have. If it was me, I would have. No, the fuck you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have done it from their perspective because they're not you. So let's not do the high horsing and highfalutin and grandstanding for some goddamn clicks and contents and shit because we just don't know. Okay, we don't we don't know who those people are. We don't know what they would have done. We're not really in no position to judge because. You never know when these things happen. You think you rise above certain things and then those things come back to test you to actually see if your ass learned. So. With that being said. I do think that being very, very aware of our surroundings is damn near mandatory. It's mandatory and it's high priority at this point. I think that the phone on a, I mean, I'm seeing it with men and women. I've seen it with myself and others. So again, I'm not jumping on no goddamn high horse, but I'm seeing the phone slowly become a detriment in our lives i'm not gonna say your because i know like y'all y'all need to y'all need to know we it's a we thing y'all in this bitch so it's becoming in our lives and i've seen it i've seen times where um before i read the book conscious uh not conscious capitalism i'm sorry i'm thinking about the wrong book digital minimalism digital minimalism changed my life because i already knew something was off with social media i knew something was off with the internet i knew something wasn't right and I couldn't figure out what it was until I read this book. And when I read this book, I was pissed. I feel like I had been played with because the shit that they give to us for entertainment, they also use that to to basically um, on one end, you could say control our minds, hack our minds. On one end, you could say steal our soul. And I know that probably sounds really super uh, extreme. And it's like, damn, Marie, so I ain't one of the people on YouTube. No, it's, it's actually real. I mean, you have people that create apps. That don't even let their fucking kids use the same app that they use for your kids. It's a problem. When you have people that work in a in an office that devise ways to make sure that you give every waking bit of your attention to this product, it's a problem. And with the the drug, it's a drug. It is. It's a drug. And with the drug being so cutely packaged, it puts us in a situation where we get sucked in and don't realize it. For instance, I have seen, I'm pretty sure a lot of you have seen situations where folks almost walk into polls because they're walking and scrolling at the same time. There's also times where people are not paying attention at the crosswalks and they almost get hit by a car. Because they're walking on the red hand instead of walking on the white person. Like, the, you know, like the little white light when it says it's time for pedestrians to walk. They don't look at that. They just so into their phone, they be looking at shit. Or there's situations where 
people may get in the wrong car because they're not looking at the actual tags or who's picking them up or who's in the driver's seat. They're just looking at, oh, it's a black car. It's a black Honda. Oh, it's a black Lexus. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're not looking. And I'm saying, y'all, it's time to take control of our awareness. It's time for us to reclaim our power as to what we give our attention to. Because sometimes this shit can end up leading to dangerous consequences because there are people that notice that we are paying things more attention or paying more things attention than our surroundings and they want to fuck us up with that they want to take advantage of us they want to find a way to manipulate us exploit us by our lack of awareness of our surroundings and that's dangerous i'm not trying to be the fear-mongering homegirl but reality is reality and i know that a lot of people that are in a certain thought of spirituality don't want to talk about the negative but the goddamn truth is we are here where we are this threat is here it is what it is so either we're going to act like shit don't exist and then get sucked up in the bullshit or we can still be a positive person and we can still have an optimistic outlook on life but also know that it is about being vigilant and protecting ourselves because at this point you just never know you never know who exactly you're dealing with and as we see in the case of Alexis Crawford, which is very, very devastating and it's unfortunate and it's really it's sad. We just never know. And if anything, I'm hoping that people look at this example, send love and, and positive healing energy to their family and also let it learn to be more vigilant and discerning as well. Sometimes people that we have in our lives don't really mean us the, the, the well that we think they do. I'll get to that in another moment, but. Going back to being aware of our surroundings, it's very imperative at this point that we all start to look up. I know from a spiritual standpoint, I say, look up, look to the sky. No, shit, I'm talking about just look up from your phone. Look to the left, look to the right, look to the back, look to the front. Who is around you? Is somebody hiding behind these trash cans? Somebody hiding behind these cars? Is this car that's to your left that's riding at two miles an hour? Is that motherfucker, has that been doing that? Is it looking to drop somebody off or is it looking to pick you up? Is it trying to talk to you? Like there's certain things that, um, that I noticed are, that are, that, that people are, I remember when, when I was younger, it was like stranger danger, right? Stranger danger. Somebody would come up in a car and say, Hey, you want some candy? You'd be like, no, you're a stranger, stranger danger. You take off running, you know what I'm saying? It seems, I don't I don't know what's going on from a child standpoint because I don't have children, right? But I think we all probably need to get a crash course in stranger danger, especially because we have a lot of strangers in our everyday lives offering things that we would not have normally accepted had this been 20 years ago. Prime example, Lyft and Uber. Lyft and Uber are... Companies that were designed to disrupt the system of taxi services, car services by offering a cheaper rate and more convenience and taking advantage of technology to make sure that um, you get to where you need to go. And, you know, it's supposed to be cool because you have a you have a, a, a drivers can make extra money and things like that. And they do background checks. I do know that for a fact. But there's a lot of people that have did some scandalous, grimy shit that ain't never been caught. Or there's people that have done some scandalous, grimy shits who records might have gotten expunged or certain things. So um, it's very interesting how that works or how that doesn't work, you know? So um, we go from stranger danger to now having a stranger pick us up from our homes. They know where the fuck we live. 
that's that's crazy, don't you think? Like, it's to the point where every time I've gotten in an Uber, ooh, I got a good one. Okay, matter of fact, I'll give y'all two examples. First example, I was going, where was I going? I was. I forget where exactly I was going. It was somewhere in there. I think I was going to Yee's house. I think that's what it was. I was going to his house. He, he drove me, called me an Uber, and I got in the car. It's like 1030. And I remember, I know how to get to his house. So I know where to go. I know two ways on how to get there. This driver was going one way, but then started busting these like quick left, quick rights, quick left, quick rights. I said, hey, partner, what you doing? He said, oh, the GPS will never be right. Um, I'm just trying to find a shorter way. I'm like, ain't nothing but a 15 minute drive. Number one, I said, it's a 15 minute drive and Lyft's rules tell y'all y'all supposed to follow the GPS. He's like, yeah, my bad. You right. You right. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make sure I, I get you there quick. And I said, no, you need to follow the rules. So what I do is I end up calling and said, hey, I'm on my way. I'm finna send you my location so you can track where I'm at. Because um, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be there shortly. I just want to see my location let you know. I said it while the dude was on the phone. All of a sudden, this motherfucker want to jump on the highway like he was supposed to and get me to where I need to go. So I thought that was shady. Second time I was out here in L.A. about a year ago, I was leaving a house in Mid-City and I got put on an Uber back home. And I was finna, um, I was finna go back home. And the gentleman that was in my car started asking me questions about the house I was at. He didn't know if there was other people in the house. He didn't know any of that. He just knew that I had a friend walk me to my car and that was that. What this man did in, in the, um, in the car was say, Hey, um, by the way, and mind you, this is like maybe five minutes until we get to where, um, where I was staying. He said, Hey, by the way, that's your boyfriend. And I said, that's none of your business. And um, I said, you know, that's none of your business. That's a friend of mine, though. He said, OK, I was just wondering, you know, it seemed like you guys are married. You know, I just was trying to see if that was your husband or not. Um, do you live here? And I'm like, no, I don't. I did. But it ain't none of his fucking business. So I was like, no, I don't live here. I'm actually coming back to my father's house. He's waiting on me. He was like, oh, OK. So while we pull up. I can't open the door for whatever reason. I don't know if he had the bitch on child lock or what. I'm like, hey, I can't open this door. Can you open it for me, please? And he wants to talk more. And I said, excuse me, I need to open. Can you open this door for me? I'm ready to exit the vehicle. I need to exit the vehicle. So luckily, um, I actually called the person whose house I had just left and he was like, did you make it home? I'm finna come over there. And then all of a sudden the gentleman gets up and says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I guess the car was on child lock. Why the fuck is it on child lock if you're picking up passengers? How can I get in the car, but I can't get out? And then you did it when I was, it was just weird. It was just weird. I don't know what the essential was with that, but it didn't, to me, that's, it may not have been bad, but it damn sure wasn't normal and it damn sure wasn't good. So I'm saying that being super aware is going to that's that's one half of the goddamn battle honestly it's not even half it's like one percent of the battle and it's it's nothing that i'm gonna sit there and act like i'm an expert on but i do know for a fact that making sure that we are off of the phones in terms of making sure that we can actually look up and just double check okay i'm on this streets and this streets or i pass this street and this street so in case some bullshit go down you know where you were 
Or you could say, okay, I don't know this area, but I seen a, a so-and-so or a, a Tam's Burgers over here or a Chevron station over here or something of that nature. Or again, even if you got to share your location with somebody, you know, you can. I remember Boo, my homegirl Boo, she shared her location with me like every day. Like I literally knew where she was at all times. Not saying I'm going to check her, her location all the time, but like I just knew because being in a in a situation where you're a woman and you're by yourself a lot of times, whether you're in a big city or not, it can, you know, you want to make sure people know where to find your ass or at least find your phone if you're nearby it. So um, that's something, too. And also, I know people say that, you know, in a spiritual world, oh, you don't need weapons. Just the fuck you do. And the reason why you do is because we are living. And this is where I say that 3D, 5D bullshit. Like, no, we're dealing with some very human ass motherfuckers out here, ourselves included. And we need to make sure that we protect ourselves. So I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. And this is going to probably, you're going to probably disagree. I don't care because I got my opinion. You got yours. We can agree or disagree on this. Sometimes you need some shit that can take somebody out immediately in the sense of, I mean, some people say, I mean, honestly, I'm a proponent of making sure that you protect yourself by any means. If that was, if that's a blade, okay. If that's a gun, okay. If that's mace, okay. If that's a stun gun, okay. If that's brass knuckles or the little kitty eyes with the little stabby things in them where you can pop up power real quick, you know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm a champion of that because um, you just never know with people. And I know sometimes folks say, oh, I don't need, I don't need that. And I, and I understand that. But I think protection um, protection comes in so many different ways. Faith, I understand. But again, um, people will try to say, oh, well, I don't, I don't need that. Yeah, but the, the people that we deal with don't think like us sometimes. And sometimes you may think that, you know, a faith-based approach is necessary and that's okay for you. I'm just saying that everybody that you may encounter that might want to fuck you up for whatever reason may not think of it like that. That's all I'm saying. So sometimes you may need different levels of defense for the different levels of potential adversaries you may come across. Sometimes somebody going to try to attack you spiritually. A lot of this shit is spiritual warfare. You may need some type of protection for that. I, I get that. I understand that. I'm a champion of that. Sometimes folks may want to physically put hands on you. You will need protection for that. Sometimes people may want to mind fuck you and play games with your mind. You will need some type of protection and training on that. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying that defense is a is a multifaceted thing. So, I mean, don't ever feel ashamed to want to protect yourselves in multiple ways. That's all I'm saying. Um, What else? Oh, Alexis Crawford. This should have never happened to her. It should have never happened. It's unfortunate that it happened. Um, it's and for those who don't know, I just want to give a quick a quick overview. Alexis Crawford, I remember correctly, she's a 21 year old student at Clark Atlanta University. That's a prestigious, historically black uh, university in Atlanta in the AUC with Morehouse and Spelman. And she lived in a roommate or a dorm or a college. I think it was an apartment. It's an apartment with her roommate and they seem like they were friends you know they got pictures of them out together and stuff you know looking all cute and stuff you know she had a roommate named jordan jones jordan had a had a man i don't even want to say his name because he's a piece of shit but either way it goes in the last like two weeks something happened between october what 27th and halloween um she was she being alexis alexis was sexually assaulted by her roommate's boyfriend she reported to the police i think on the 27th of october by Halloween, she was missing. Where it gets upsetting even more is that her roommate that initially was cooperating with police actually had something to do 
with her disappearance and now um now updated murder um being dumped and, and things like that in the park over on the east side like it just was not cool um details are still coming out they're saying that jordan and her boyfriend um they're not saying who actually killed her but they're saying that the boyfriend and her obviously were in cahoots to where they uh, they they did something to her they either they got into a fight or something but long story short alexis was murdered she was strangled allegedly and her body was dumped and um in the park and i'm saying it to say that from a jordan jones standpoint right ride or die is cute until somebody actually dies or until your freedom is at is at stake and i know sometimes society i know i see a lot of this shit on social media and i hate it it's like i just want somebody to love me i just want somebody blah, blah, blah. And there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with wanting love we all want that some of us act harder than most but a love love is low-key like breathing goddamn like food like water love love nurturing someone that shows that they care and give a fuck about you that's necessary right but it's not to where we are jeopardizing our sanity our freedom and somebody else's life to have that and everybody says oh if it was me i would have just left i would have just left you know and i and i get that but at the same time everybody don't think like us on that there are people who, again, want that love. And when they get what seems to be the love that they're looking for, whether it's good for them or not in the long run, they have a harder time leaving. So is her ass wrong? Hell the fuck yeah. But at the same time, there is a lot of toxicity that we put up with for the men that we love. She's wrong as fuck for what she did. Whatever it is that she did. Especially if she lied, the, the, the lying and shit, acting like that she didn't know where she was. Oh, she fucked up for that. She got she to gotta deal with that. She got to pay for that. But at the same time, sometimes people just want that love so bad that they're, they'll put up with damn near anything, risking their lives and their freedom or sacrificing somebody else's for the sake of just having that whatever that is around or having that person that seems to provide what they quote unquote need around. Toxic relationships are a motherfucker, man. They are. And... Sometimes we'll get on a high horse and act like we're not going to put up with no certain shit until it's us that's out here being the same quote unquote stupid bitch that we laugh at. How many of y'all have done that? How many of y'all have talked shit about somebody being a, a sucker for love only to be a sucker for love? I raise my hand. I've been there. Oh, I wouldn't put up with no man cheating on me. Oh, I just couldn't do it. Oh my God. Blah, blah, blah. Only to deal with a motherfucker that cheated on me. And then I realized like, damn, I see why women put up with it. Because sometimes even if there's 7 billion other people on earth and there's plenty of other fish in the sea, that toxic ass fucking fish in your sea is the one you want. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying to understand that sometimes before we go on this high horse, we forget of the shit that we've gone through. So it's just... It's also me saying that you don't have to put up with toxic shit either. You don't have to. Sometimes what we think is love is not love at all. Sometimes it's attention and good dick, if we're going to be honest. A lot of it is attention and good penis. And good penis will have you out here losing your mind. 
somebody posted a clip of Alexis K. Tyler on Twitter a couple of weeks ago talking about, you know, dick will make you slap somebody. And I remember laughing because um, I remember when that clip came out and I remember Alexis K. Tyler was speaking that real shit. And I was like, damn, she really is speaking about the power of sexual energy. How it will have you out here lapsing all kind of like you have all kind of judgment lapses. You don't know what you're doing. The smart woman you thought you was, you out here going crazy, calling hell time, looking crazy as hell because of this man and what you've allowed him to do. And I remember um, telling in the, in, the, in the replies on the tweet, I remember saying, yeah, I interviewed her and I dropped the link to the interview and people listened to it and was like, yo, it was a great interview. And I was like, oh, that's dope. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop an episode link to that conversation when we learned, we talk about sexual energy and Letting a man, excuse me, letting a man um, digmatize you. I'll leave that in the show notes if you want to listen on that. Because um, everyone says, you know, sexual ties and soul ties are real. But nobody seems to go into detail as to why that is. I don't have the time to do it because I have other topics that I'm already half an hour in. But I want to leave a note um, in the show notes to those episodes so you can listen and kind of get a better idea from one of the OGs of that sexual energy spirituality um, piece, Alexis K. Tyler, for yourself. She's one of the best that I've heard break it down. And to keep it honest, she paid the way for a lot of the sexual, spiritual beings that you see online today. Because Alexis K. Tyler was before all these motherfuckers, keep it honest. She was on public access TV over 15 years ago, before a real social media. So, if you want to hear from a pioneer OG herself, I'll go ahead and leave the, uh, the link in the show notes so you can tap in with that. Let's see. What else have I talked about? I talked about women arming themselves. I talked about surrounding awareness. I talked about Alexis Crawford. God, rest her soul. I talked about women going missing. Another thing I want to talk about that's kind of sort of related, but kind of in a different way. We're all sisters until there's dick involved. And I don't like that. I could really provide context because it's a very loaded phrase. It's a loaded statement. It can be taken 50 different ways. I have a few ways I can interpret it. I got some homegirls that kind of laughed it off and was like, damn girl. And they bring up their own situations and it's different. But we're always sisters until there's dick involved. Then we're catty. Then we're rude. Then we're disrespectful. I don't mean there's a disrespectful dick involved. I just mean there's a dick involved. We're not talking about ain't shit ass men. I'm just saying the presence of another man. The competition for another man is enough to turn us against our sister, whether it's warranted or not. That's all I'm saying. Just something to think on on that. Um, and what else? I also want to. How do I word this? I want to make sure I, I don't talk so fast to where I don't get the proper point out and it gets misinterpreted. I challenge every person, and when I say person, I mean men. I challenge you men, if you love women so much, I challenge that you do more to protect them 
if you already do that, I'm not talking to you. If you don't, I'm talking to you. If um, you see two women about to go at it, don't take them fighting. Try to break it up. If you claim that women are such emotional goddamn creatures and use your fucking logic to talk to these women and come to an understanding to avoid someone's mother, someone's sister, someone's daughter being seriously injured in a physical altercation over something that might be petty. If you see a man disrespecting a woman, beating a woman up, don't tape it. Feel free to advocate how you need. Some people may not want to jump in because they're scared to get shot. I understand that. Some people may want to call the police. I understand that. But if you're against both, don't fucking film the shit. You just as bad as a person that's beaten up. You gonna let it happen? I don't respect that at all. A person that won't jump in for whatever reason, but will just tape it only to post on their social media accounts. That's not bringing awareness. That's exploitation of someone's trauma for likes. We know that men put hands on women. We don't need to see that. Trauma porn is out. Okay? I'm not trying to see none of that no more. We already know that we're living in a society that is devaluing certain people's lives of all kinds. Hint, a lot of them are of color. A lot of them are our different orientations, sexual um, orientations or lifestyles, what have you. It's a certain group. It's certain groups of those certain groups. That are not being protected. So if you claim you love them. goddamn, do more to protect them. If you really do. What else do I want to talk about? You know what? So we in Mercury retrograde. Right? It's in Scorpio. Sneaky ass Scorpio. I love Scorpios though. But um, Scorpio is always from what i understand it's always been about looking underneath the surface right because sometimes we think we see things and we don't scorpio likes to get to the bottom the very bottom and the way scorpio can can get about getting to the bottom can somewhat come off passionate extreme or obsessive yeah i think um sometimes scorpio gets a bad rap for that scorpio sons in particular but given that how we process and how we analyze and how we communicate is in sneaky ass Scorpio. I think that it's only right that we do right by Scorp and do our best to discern what is really going on in our lives and the people that we have in our lives. Again, in terms of how the retrograde would affect you to the T, it would be better to do your birth chart and to learn how the mercury, like where exactly does it align or, um, or, or form any kind of aspects or anything with your birth chart, your birth mercury or wherever else you have any planets on. Just see what house is it in when you run the two charts together and you can kind of get an idea of what's going on. And you can make your aspects from there in terms of whether you got some, uh, some challenges or some beneficial energy coming between those uh, interactions with all those planets that are transiting against your natal chart. But I've, I've said this plenty of times, like if you don't, have your chart done. Please get it done. And then learn how to um, read the transiting planets and luminaries against um, or over those um, natal planets and luminaries. Luminaries are the sun and the moon, by the way. But um, but yeah. But I think we should really discern who is around. I think a lot of us have dead white that we're not really seeing for what they are. I think these situations are causing us to kind of assess who we keep in our lives. I think 
the situations with the women, the attention or the timing of the attention uh, that, that we're seeing with these missing women. I think it's forcing us, at least from what I see on social media, as well as my own personal thought process on this, it's forcing us to see who do we allow in and how can these people, um, how these people can either hurt or, or help us. So I'm basically saying that maybe some of this stuff that's going on is a, is a self-check or a reminder to self-check what exactly is going on in our lives and who exactly is there and if they even should be there to begin with. I always say that we're all connected, but we're not all compatible. That's why I'm completely fine when people disconnect from me on any level. And that's why I welcome the people that align, right? Because sometimes it hurts when you think people align, they don't, and they and they do what they do, or they, and they hurt or betray or whatever, and they move on. But I think sometimes some of us, we want these particular people so badly to align that we put up with shit that we're not supposed to because... We think that that's a part of the alignment when it's not. It's actually a sign that they don't align. So um, all I'm saying is just please make sure we out here double checking, making sure motherfuckers is where they're supposed to be in their rightful place. If they're not in their rightful place, then put them in their rightful place, whether it's inside the club or out the club, whatever it is. Just make sure they're where they need to be. And also, it's completely fine not to give folks, like I said in the previous episodes, it's okay to not give a person 100% if you don't feel them 100%. Usually what we're what we sometimes ignore in terms of hey, I wouldn't do that if I were you. We do it and then we end up getting a lesson that, you know, they show us who they are and then we're like, "Damn, I probably shouldn't have did that." It's okay to take your time with people and get to know them for who they are before we start going all in on shit. I had a situation where a person thought they were going to take advantage of me. And um, and use resources I had and, you know, act like they supported me and things like that because they wanted to come up once I um, once I, you know, got to a certain place. So they wanted to use the connections I had. And it was very, very obvious. And this person, I remember ignoring my mind and being like, oh, well, this person just probably going through something. I'm going to help them and um, I'm going to create a safe space. And and build this person, not build this person up, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like be there for this person and help them through whatever it is they're going through. And I want to say it's about safe spaces. And this might rub people the wrong way. Um, I don't care because it needs to be said. Safe spaces are cool until the space isn't safe for me. And this is coming from a person who believes wholeheartedly in safe spaces. And I have been educated by my friends who have mental uh, diagnosis and things like that on the importance of safe spaces. I've been educated by my friends in the LGBTQIA community about the importance of safe spaces. Being a black woman, I understand the importance of safe spaces. But when that space is not safe for me to exist, I can't fuck with it. And I think that we need to assess some of these spaces that we're providing for people because sometimes what we think we're providing is safe spaces might end up being spaces for us to put ourselves in potential danger. Because these folks, may they, they'll know 
Some of these folks will know that they're taking advantage and they have every intention because they know you have a good heart. They know you have a good soul. They know your intentions are good. And they know that all you want to do is fucking help. So what they'll do is they will prey on that like a fucking parasite. And they will attempt to try to use the safe space against you because they know you have a good heart. All I'm saying is I'm not saying don't provide no safe space to these people at all because people are going to need them. You're going to need them. But just make sure that people are not jeopardizing your safety, whether physical, mental or spiritual safety by being in that space that you provided for them. That's all I'm saying. Is there anything else that's on my heart that I want to get off? Because at, at this point, it feels like a purge. And. Um, I feel a lot better for saying it. anything else if you need to take time away take time if you need time to regroup take time if you need time to reset and purge and then figure out what's is messing with you and add everything back one by one. Take time. It's almost like food, right? You know how when we eat certain things and we think that we eat these normally and we have a bad agreement, like something just doesn't work, you know, like you get hives or you get like an allergy attack or lots of mucus production or, you know, you have a um, loose bowels or something of that nature. Something just doesn't agree with you, right? And... Sometimes you have to eliminate everything and slowly reintroduce things and figure out what is the culprit of your discomfort. I'm saying you're completely within your right to do that with anybody else that's in your life. Anything, any concept, anybody. And sometimes you don't think about doing that because there's been some time of loyalty involved. Like I mentioned in previous episodes about everybody can't go or um, the disconnect and things like that. It is okay to remove every single thing, regroup, figure out what you want, what you stand for, what you're going to accept, what you're not going to accept, and then slowly introduce everything to see if it aligns with what you want for yourself. It's completely fine. Remember, Scorpio is about going beneath the surface, right? Sometimes, you know, we have tools and things like that that help, but I also am a big person or a big uh, champion of making sure that you can do it on your own without needing someone's um, someone's intuition or advice being stronger or more accepted than your own view or your own gut feeling or your own intuition on it. So, um, you know, feel free to take your time and take what what you don't need out and slowly reintroduce. And then, you know, if things align, then cool, you're fine where you are. And then you can take everybody how they come at an arm's lift basis until they prove themselves to be worth hands lit that's all but um i think that's i think that's everything so but yeah don't forget to um don't forget to sign up for a tribe letter because social media is tripping i don't know how long i want to be on social media um i think i may need a a break at some point but i want to be able to still keep in touch with y'all it's just that 
I'm going to read Digital Minimalism another uh, one more time. I've read it twice already, but every time I read it, I, I learn a lot more. And the more I read Digital Minimalism, the more I kind of see social media for the fuckery that it can be. Um, I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram where I put a post that said, use social media, don't let social media use you. That was inspired by what I learned from digital minimalism and how social media thinks they're going to use us um, when we really should be using them. And don't forget to sign up for Tribe Text by texting Scorpio to 323-765-3996. Again, 323-765-3996. Um... I'm also on YouTube at Spiritual Home Girl. YouTube is going through some changes too, I noticed. I see there's about to be a lot of fuckery going on, on social media. Everyone's trying to get the dollars. And um, I see that folks ain't with it. And they're removing channels. Um, they're censoring people. Um, the Instagram doing away with likes. Um, it was cute in theory, but I see in execution, it wasn't what it is. I personally don't like being lied to. I don't like my intelligence being assaulted. And it seems as if, as of right now, with the information that's provided, it seems that this is not a mental health move, but more of a money grab. And I don't like when people hide behind mental health and things that need attention when it's really about business. Just say it's about business. And that's it. They say, oh, we're, we don't want people to feel pressured and... We just want people to create freely, but in actuality, um, they still see their likes on the back end. So it's like, I can see if you just remove them, period, and you don't see, and and there's another way to put, see how a post does without the likes, but if you're the only person that can see your likes, it's still going to fuck with your mental if that's who you're trying to help take the pressure off of. I don't know. Maybe it's just me and my thought process. It could I could be wrong, but that's how I'm interpreting it. But what I do notice is that how brands and things like that, you know, interact and stuff like that. I, I have noticed that a lot of people then came up off some checks with social media. Regular Joes, regular Janes, then came up, then made five, six, seven-figure businesses off of a platform that's free. And I think that Instagram and other social media platforms are wanting their their cut. They're like, oh, fuck it, it's a business? Oh, well, shit, let us get some money. So I think that, um, I think it's more business-related than mental health-related. Like, I'm not seeing... I'm not seeing anything stricter for hate speech. I'm not seeing anything stricter for racist accounts. And I'm seeing anything restrictive for um, for for those extremist uh, accounts. But but the likes, though, we were just going to remove the likes for everybody and not actually monitor for cyberbullying. OK, OK, that's some bullshit. So that's how I feel about Instagram. That's why I kind of feel the way I feel about getting off of it at some point. Um, so definitely uh, check that out with, again, Texas Scorpio to... 323-765-3996. Or you can sign up for Tribe Letter. You can click the link in my um in my show notes. You can sign up for there. The pop-up shop, again, Black Friday is going down. If you're a Tribe Text or Tribe Letter subscriber, you get access to it on Thanksgiving. Even though we know the, the history of that is some bullshit too. Um, so I always call it the fourth Thursday family dinner of November, once a year. Um, so on that day, then that's when the store will be open for those that subscribed. If not, um, everybody will tap in Friday and then I'm going to actually have the site only open for a few days. And after that, I'm going to take it down. So, so yeah. So that's pretty much the update of where we at with it. I'm working on some other things. I can't wait to share with you all, but it's going to be some months until I actually <laughs> share what it is. Because I want to make sure that I'm actually done with some of the stuff before I talk about it. I've always kind of been that way. I don't like to talk about things that are in progress because I like to kind of put my energy into making sure that it's completed and done correctly. So that's where I'm at with it. But 
Um, thank y'all for listening. This has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria. And remember, y'all, trust the journey, discern, and trust yourself. Peace.